Well, good morning. Um, my name is Will S. Yanko. I'm a church planter. Um, I was born and raised in uh, Edmonton, in, in, well, actually in Sherwood Park, uh, the Sherwood Park area. And so I'm coming back to this area, uh, broadly Western Canada, to plant churches. So I don't have a specific place uh, selected yet, uh, but we've been praying about a couple areas. We've been praying about um, uh, me maybe maybe taking the church uh, in Hinton, kind of uh, grabbing that and restarting it and getting it back on its feet again, um, or maybe in uh, St. Albert. Uh, those are a couple of things that I've been thinking of, but uh, just looking for the Lord's leadership and um, just a little bit about myself. Um, I was born in a Christian home, and um, when I was four years old, I heard the gospel in a way that I understood it, and I remember uh, bowing my head and accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior. Uh, when I was six years old, I surrendered to full-time uh, Christian service and um, didn't know that I was actually going to be coming back to my home area, and, uh, but God led through various different things and uh, has definitely shown me that this is what he wants me to do with my life. So I feel so privileged uh, to be able to be here in front of you and to be able to be uh, called into full-time Christian service. It is a privilege. And I just want to say, if there's somebody out here, a young man or uh, a young lady who is kind of debating, well, I don't know if I really want to give my life to God. I don't know if I really want to follow uh, the Lord with my life. I would say, make the right decision. Surrender your life to Jesus and watch him do miraculous things with your life. Because that's what he's in the business of doing. And uh, I'm just, uh, I feel, again, feel very privileged to be here. I'm going to uh, share a video, actually, uh, not right now, but um, in the morning service when, when there's a little more folks here. And that'll give you a little bit uh, uh, better um, understanding of kind of where I come from and what I intend to do. So, but in the meantime, let's uh, turn in our Bibles to Second uh, Timothy and verses two, Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter two, verses three and four. Before we get into the message, let's just open in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I am just so thankful uh, for your word. Lord, I'm thankful for your Holy Spirit. Lord, you said, uh, "Without me, you can do nothing." And Lord, I, I'm standing here this morning realizing that unless you show up here, uh, nothing of spiritual value is going to be done. And so I'm just asking, Lord, that, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I know I'm not worthy of that, but Lord, I'm just claiming your promise, um, Lord, that, that you, you would be with us. And, uh, and I just ask um, that you would uh, just speak to each one. Lord, there's, there's, there are needs here in this room that I have no idea of, but I know that you know, and you know, I know that you want to meet those needs. So I pray that, Lord, that you would just, um, that I would just be a channel of your grace to your people. And I pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, the year was 1776. And uh, if you know a little bit about history, uh, 1776 was uh, the time of the American Revolution. And there was a guy by the name of General John Burgoyne. And General John Burgoyne uh, was, uh, he was a, a British general and he was actually sent from England to the United States to, uh, to quell the rebe rebellion. We call it uh, the War of Independence or the Revolutionary War. Um, and so that's, that was what he was sent to do. And uh, so uh, basically what the, the King of England wanted him to do was to basically split the American uh, forces in half. Uh, but there was a little bit of a problem. You see, uh, John Burgoyne, uh, his nickname was Gentleman Johnny. 
And uh, so the thing with Gentleman Johnny, the thing with John Burgoyne, is that he liked to take all of the luxury items, all of the um, all these extra things with him to battle. And that actually didn't work out very well. Initially, uh, Burgoyne had some pretty good victories. You know, uh, you, know, you know how they used to do a battle back in the day, right? You'd have a line of people here, and then you'd have a line of people here, and then they would shoot at each other. And that's how they did war. I don't know. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but that's how they did it. And that's what John Burgoyne was trained to do. But that's not how the war continued. Actually, it, uh, it changed quite a bit. The, uh, the revolutionaries, the American soldiers realized, this is a horrible way to do war. I don't think we're going to do this anymore. And they decided to develop more of a guerrilla war tactic. And so what they would do is they would do hit and run attacks. You know, they would attack and then they would pull out. And then they would attack and they would pull out. And, um, and so what, what John Burgoyne ended up doing was pursuing these soldiers through the wilderness. Now, here's the thing. Burgoyne had 14, get this, 14 extra wagons full of crystal, uh, you know, nice cups, tablecloths, tapestries, and extra tents, all these different things that made his life more easy on the battlefield. You see, General John Burgoyne had a problem. He was entangled when he should have been focused on the war. And I think there's a bit of a lesson for us as God's people um, because sometimes that's where we end up being, entangled when we should be focused on the war. So let's go to, uh, to 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. And here's what it says in 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. It says, now you've got to understand, this is Paul talking to his protege, uh, Timothy. And here's what he's saying to Timothy. You know, he's his son in the faith. He's saying, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I see three points here this, this morning uh, from this passage that help us as God's people to be good soldiers of Jesus. The first point I see is a good soldier must be resilient. Where do I see that? It says this right here in the first verse. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardness. That's what we're called to do. You know, if there's one thing the Apostle Paul understood, is he understood a soldier. He understood the lifestyle of a soldier. You know, he was chained to several of them through his life. You know, you look at his, his, uh, his, you know, his story, and, you know, he just, he would go from one place, and he'd get, you know, arrested, and then you get called into prison, you'd be chained to a prison guard, and I'm sure when, when they're having, or when he's in jail, he's having these good conversations with these guys. He's probably witnessing to them. He's probably asking them about their lives, and and then he's pointing Timothy. He's saying, okay, so these guys that I've been chained to, these guys are tough, and Timothy, you need to be tough as well. You need to be resilient, and uh, he said, endure hardness, Timothy. You know, in this culture that we're in today, there's a little bit of resistance. Have you noticed that a little bit? People aren't terribly happy with Christians and with what they believe. They're not terribly happy with us. Uh, you know, when you stand up for things and you say, this is what the Bible says and I'm gonna stand with it. This is what marriage is and I'm gonna stand with it. This is, um, this is uh, you know, uh, 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 abortion is wrong. These different things. 
We stand for those things, and the, the world says that's awful, that's wicked, you shouldn't be doing that, and that's bigot, uh, bigoted. Um, all these different accusations are thrown at us. And if we're not careful, we can kind of get we can kind of get a little bit scared. We can kind of just back away. You know, I'm not going to really say anything, you know. I'm not going to really let anybody know that I'm a Christian. I'm just going to do my work here at, 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 at work. Uh, I'm just going to kind of, you know, fly underneath the radar. And we kind of get almost scared sometimes that maybe somebody will know that I'm a Christian. And then what will happen? I might lose my job. You know, we kind of get these thoughts through our minds. You know, that's, that's what... Paul is warning Timothy against here. He's saying, Timothy, you're going to have to be resilient. If you want to be a good soldier of Jesus, you're going to have to be resilient. You're going to have to be faithful to your Savior. You know, the world needs our message. You know, the world needs you. You know, we're designed to be lights in this dark world. You know, God has put you in your specific place, for this specific time, for a reason. And he wants you to be a light to your neighbors, to your co-workers, to the people that are in your life. But you won't be that if you're too scared to talk about Jesus. You know, Jesus is the light of the world. And he said that he was going to be with us always. And you're not going in there alone. When you're sharing the gospel, when you're um, declaring the truth of the word of God, you're not there by yourself. Jesus is with you. And so you can be resilient. You can be tough. You can proclaim the word of God. You know, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It says that we're supposed to, to look to him, lest we be weary and faint in our minds. Consider him uh, who bore such contradiction of sinners, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. Look at what Jesus has done for you. That's just a phenomenal thing. The, the suffering that Jesus went through so that you wouldn't have to suffer for eternity was phenomenal. It says this, if you love me, keep my commandments. How much do you love Jesus? You know, that's the motivation for, for why we follow God anyway. It's not because we're scared of him or something, or it shouldn't be. Sometimes that's what it is, right? We're kind of scared. Oh, if I don't do what God wants me to do, he's going to bop me on the head or something like that, you know? But that's not what it is. If you love me, keep my commandments. So at number one, a good soldier is going to be resilient. Are you a resilient Christian today? Are you enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ? Now, the second thing that I see from this passage is that a good soldier will not be entangled. A good soldier will not be entangled. Where do I see that? Let's see, let's see right here in, in, the, in the verse. Um, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. No man that warreth entangleth himself. You know, it's incredibly easy for you and I to be entangled in the world, isn't it? There's so many different ways for us to be entangled. You know, you go on your phone, and I like technology, you know, I, I like, you know, graphic design, I do graphic design, I do videography, different things like that, and I like technology, but there's a problem, too, with technology. If you're not careful, you can get entangled. You know, have you ever been here before? I, I've been here before. You know, you're, uh, you know, you're just kind of, maybe you have a little extra time, and it's on a weekend or something, and you say, man, I could really just, 
I could just really watch a show right now. Ever been there before? You know, and you start, you start watching and, oh man, you know, you're getting into this, this really riveting uh, plot line and suddenly there's just something bad that pops on the screen. Oh, oh no. And you, you're kind of, you have this moral battle that goes on in your heart, right? You're like, oh man, I really, I really want to see how this turns out because this is, this is getting good. And, and you're like, well, you know, it's, it's, probably, it's probably just going to happen once. You know, I can probably... It's probably, it's okay. I, I'll, just, I'll just weather it out. I just got to see what's, what's going to happen here. And you make this moral choice. And before you know it, you're entangled in this show, something that you should have turned off right away. Ever been there before? And that's an example of how we can get entangled in the world. See, a good soldier is not going to be entangled though. He's not going to be entangled. If you're a good soldier of Jesus Christ, you're not going to be entangled in these things. Are you a good soldier? You know, another thing um, that, that we can get entangled in is different addictions. You know, a, an addiction that's really raging through the church right now is, uh, is pornography. And I know we, we sometimes cringe at talking about that, but it's something that needs to be talked about because it's something that's, that's, that's here, that's it's in our midst. I, w- I would not doubt that there are people here under the sound of my voice who this week... They struggled with pornography. You know, God doesn't want you to be entangled in that. And, 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 he, and he loves you, and, and he's right there, and he wants you to overcome that, and you can overcome that. Sometimes, you know, when you're stuck in an addiction, you think, oh, no, I, I don't think I can get out. You know, there's been people who have just become so hopeless because they're struggling, and they just, they just seem, it just seems like they can't, Stop. I want to tell you today that there is hope in Jesus. And don't give up hope. And look, it says, looking unto Jesus. You know, here's the thing Jesus is inside of you, He is. The, the eternal God who spoke the universe into existence, the one who has all power in heaven and earth. The one who, uh, the millions of people that have ever, the billions of people who have ever existed someday will bow before him. That person, get this, is inside of you. And there is no sin that Jesus cannot overcome. And when you yield to him, when you rely on him and you say, God, I don't want to be a slave to sin anymore. Help me, Jesus. He was right there to help you. You can be an overcomer, and that's what you were designed to be. You know, Christianity is not a bummer, especially when you're walking with Jesus. You know, when the disciples were walking with Jesus, it was a time of incredible encouragement. You know, they're going along, and it's like, who's, gonna, who's Jesus going to heal today? What are we going to see today, guys? You know, that's how it's supposed to be in your walk with God. Answered prayers. Oh, man, ever had an answered prayer before? It's like, those are the moments when heaven touches earth. You know what I mean? Those are, those are moments that will change your life because Jesus has shown up. Those are moments that, that you need in your life, young people. Okay, I'm, just, I'm speaking to the young people right now. You know, sometimes you get this idea that if you follow Jesus, that it's just going to be a royal bummer. Man, it's just this big rule book. And then people just talk about boring stuff all the time. And... You know, and you can kind of get this mentality. And so sometimes there's, there's some people, and I don't think they intend to be like this, but they kind of, they're kind of like these Eeyore-type Christians, you know? And you see them, and they're just like, oh, woe is me. 
walking around. They're just, you know, super sad about, oh, yeah, the world's coming to an end. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, we just got to hold on to the end. And there's no hope. You know, if you're that type of Christian, repent. Because there is hope in Jesus. I'm telling you, there is. You don't want to give the young people in your life an impression that this Christianity is something that's a bummer. Because it's not. And I want to tell you, this, here's what the Lord says. I'm speaking to everybody. If you seek me, you will find me if you search with all your heart. Do you want God's power in your life? Do you want to see those miracles in your life? Get in your face before God and say, God, I want you. I need you. I, I can't go on without you. Do you know that's a prayer that God will, will answer? That's a way to get yourself unentangled from the world. Because when you see Jesus, when you meet with Jesus, when, you're, when Jesus is speaking to you, when Jesus is changing the world around you and Jesus is changing the world inside of you, Christianity is worth living for. Jesus is worth living for. Find that kind of relationship with Jesus and don't let anything stop you from it. It says, uh, it says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for, who the, for, um, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set on the right hand of the throne of God. Don't let anything stop you from your pursuit of God. No sin. There's no sin that's worth it. There's no sin that's worth killing your joy. In my presence is fullness of joy. That's a promise. A good soldier is not going to be entangled by the world. So number one, we saw from this passage, that a good soldier, he's going to be resilient. He's going to, he's going to stick with it even through the tough times, and he's motivated by love. A good soldier will not be entangled. Is there something in your life where you're entangled today? Well, the first step would be to get, to get your heart right with God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You want to be right with God today? Easy prescription. Go to the cross. Confess it. Get it right. And you'll be restored in that closeness of fellowship. That joy of your salvation will be back. And that's what we're supposed to be living. Number one, good soldier is going to be resilient. Number two, a good soldier will not be entangled. And number three, a good soldier has a clear purpose. Let's see what it says here. Uh, the last part of this, of this passage, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. What's the purpose of a good soldier? Pleasing Jesus. I want to ask you this morning, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? What are you here for? What, what does, you know, the things that you did this week, what would people say, oh, that's, I think that person's purpose is, what would it be? What, what, what in your heart, why are you here? What are you doing? What are you pursuing? And some people are pursuing wealth. You know, that's, that's honestly where I was at. Uh, before I, I got into full-time ministry. You know, I got a good job as an electrician and I was pursuing that. I said, you know what? I'm gonna make money. I'm gonna stay in church. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be fine. And I'll be a good Christian, you know what I mean? But I'm not gonna do the full-time ministry thing. I'm not gonna do it. You know, God had to, God had to wake me up and, and he took away my car, he took away my computer and he took away my phone. The things that I was living for. I got into a car wreck when I was 20 years old. 
gone in an instant. And I realized there's something more to live for than what I'm living for right now. A good soldier is going to please, uh, sorry, a good soldier um, has a clear purpose. You know, our purpose here on earth is this. It's to glorify God. We were made to glorify God. And how specifically do we glorify God? Well, number one, by, by living a holy life. But number two, by sharing the gospel. Oh man, we are heralds. We are, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's why Jesus left us here. You know, he could have taken us out, right? You know, you, it'd be kind of an interesting thing to see, right? People get saved and they get pulled away, right? They just vaporize or gone. People are like, where'd that person go? You know, someday that will happen. You know, the rapture, amen? That's, that's gonna be exciting. But that's not now. You know, you're here for a purpose. God could have taken you, but he hasn't. It's, Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature baptizing them in the name of the Father and the name of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Hey, I'm not, you're not doing this alone. I'm right here with you. You have Jesus inside of you to witness through you. What a privilege. I want to ask you, when was the last time, when was the last time that you gave a tract? That's a scary thing sometimes, isn't it? What are they going to think of me? You know, that person in the, at the bus stop. Oh, oh, you know, and you can kind of get scared a little bit. Just even give a track. What, but when, when, did you, when was the last time you gave a track? When was the last time you shared your testimony? You know, um, one of the most powerful things that you can do is to share your story. You know, you may think, oh, you know, I don't really have that great of a story. You know, I was saved when I was like a young person and I don't really have that great of a story. I want to tell you every story of the dead being resurrected is a great story. Isn't it? You know, you know sometimes you, it takes a little while and sometimes there's a little bit more bumps in the road, but at the end of the day, the miracle is the resurrection. You were dead and now are alive. And, and that's something that people need to know because they're walking around dead. They, they you know, it's like the, it, there's sheep without a shepherd. You know, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He looked out there and, and he saw the people there and how they were rejecting him. And he said to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would, I would love basically to embrace you, to bring you close to me. But you would not. That's the heart of your Savior. Now, the question is today, is that your heart? Do you love the people that are around you? Do you think about souls? You know, that's, that's what people are. They're not just that annoying person that's just being a jerk at work. We all have those in our lives, I'm sure. They're not just that person at school that, that's just being annoying, that bratty kid. No, 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 they're a soul. They're a soul that needs Jesus. And you have the light. You know, I would I'd encourage you, if you haven't given your testimony, if you haven't given the gospel, I would, I would do something. I would write down your testimony in a very, very clear way. Just, just write down your story. And, you know, just in conversation, it, just find out how to make it a natural transition, but say, hey, I, I just want to share my story. You know, I, I was, you know, whatever your age was, you know, for me, I, I, was, I was four years old. And uh, I was at a camp, and the preacher was talking about uh, how we were all sinners. And I remember hearing that, and I remember thinking, yeah, I'm a sinner. And you might think, hey, I... I 
you know, how, how can you be a sinner at four years old? And then you, you know, go into the Ten Commandments and say, hey, no, no, I, I knew that I was a sinner. Whatever your story is, that's a powerful thing. And it's what you've got. Nobody can really argue with your story because you've experienced it, right? I would encourage you, write down your story and make it a goal this week to find somebody to share your story with. It's amazing. You know, I've come to discover that in the world that we're walking through, there are divine appointments all over, all over the place. I was in Castlegar, uh, British Columbia. Uh, uh, was it last week? Everything's blurry together. I don't know when it was. Sometime recently, I was outside of a petrocan, and I saw somebody there, and I thought, man, I gotta give him a tract. I gotta give him a tract. And so I walked up to him, and I gave him a tract, and I said, hey, this will show you how you can know for sure that your sins are forgiven and you're on your way to heaven. He said, man, that's, you know, I, I know I'm saved. I, uh, I, I, I've seen people die all the time. And I was like, hey, uh, hey uh, well, this actually talks about a friend of mine who died this, this summer, and I had written a tract about that, about how a friend of mine had died, but I was confident that he was on his way to heaven. It was just amazing how it was set up. I said, hey, man, this talks about that. It talks about how uh, we can know for sure that our sins are forgiven. I know that my friend Ben was on his way to heaven, and, and this shows you how you can know for sure your sins are forgiven. He said, man, this is a divine appointment. This is, this is divine. Said, those were his words. And those, I'm telling you, friends, those interactions are all over the place if we have the eyes to see. Ask the Lord to guide you to somebody this week because they're out there. And the heart of your Savior is beating for the world. He didn't send his only begotten son, his most precious, the most precious being in the world to die for the world so that it could just be hidden under a, a bushel. You have the light and you can be a, a light to this world as you follow him. So how are we gonna be a good soldier of Jesus Christ? Well, number one, to review, a good soldier must be resilient. Number two, a good soldier will not be entangled. And number three, a good soldier has a clear purpose. You know, maybe the Lord, as I've been preaching, has pinpointed a specific area in your life. You know, what Satan wants you to do, and he does this all the time, he does it in my life, he does it in everybody's life, it's, a, it's like the oldest trick in the book. Well, maybe not the oldest trick in the book. I think the oldest trick in the book was lying to them at the Garden of Eden. But he, that's what he does. He lies to us. He'll tell you, oh, you're just such a pathetic person. <laughs> that God would use you. <laughs> oh, man, you're just a miserable failure. And he'll tell you that. Don't listen to him. Agree with God that you were wrong. Go to the cross, confess it, and then experience that joy of your salvation. There should be nobody here leaving discouraged and down. Because the gospel is a gospel of hope. Jesus saved you so that you could have joy. And when you're walking with God, when you're close to him, there is joy. And I just want to encourage you, pursue Christ, and you will find the joy of your salvation. Let's just uh, close in prayer here. Dear Lord, I am just so thankful for your word. I'm thankful for the simplicity that's found in Christ. And Lord, I just pray that you would lift your people up. Lord, if there's somebody here who's discouraged, I don't know how the week went, would you just encourage their heart? Would you show them that there's hope? 
And would you, would you just lift them up, Lord? I pray that you bless the rest of today. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the opportunity to preach. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to bless as we uh, pursue you the rest of the day. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.